Hello, Freedom Fighters. Thank you for listening. This audio interview is brought to you by Open World Magazine, the ultimate guide for pursuing a life of adventure and passion and setting up a location-independent business that can support your dream lifestyle. Go check us out at openworldmag.com. Welcome to another very interesting and what is sure to be a very educational episode of the Open World Podcast. I'm joined today by my friend Beck Power in Bangkok. I'm calling today from Jakarta, and Beck Power is kind of the nomad girl. She's got all these different nomad websites, Nomad Funnel, Nomad Fly, DigitalNomad.me, NomadWork.me, and a bunch of other different websites and projects. It's really hard to keep up with this girl. She is definitely living the digital nomad lifestyle. But before that, she was working as a travel agent in New Zealand, and she was earning a pretty good salary of $75,000 US a year. However, she was making her company more than $2 million, so she got tired of making other people rich. She decided she was going to hit the ground running, become an entrepreneur, uh, damn the torpedoes, come what may, but she didn't find that it worked out so well for her at first. In May of last year, less than 18 months ago, she was on her bed. She was frozen in fear. She felt like such a failure because she only had 42 cents remaining in her bank account after paying her rent and she had no idea how she was going to pay rent the next month. It seemed like everything she was trying just wasn't working, and her mindset wasn't in the right place. She felt like she should just give up and go home. So she cried herself to sleep for two weeks, didn't leave her room, and had no idea what to do. And as a last-ditch effort, she decided that she would try to reverse-engineer how to sell products online, a way that was completely different than anything she was trying before. And... By Christmas of last year, she was making about $3,000 a month, and then she implemented this process for someone else, and they made $4,000 the first month. And since then, across eight different websites, she's made over a million dollars, and she's on the verge of taking her own business to a seven-figure level next year. Oh, that was quite a long bio. So we're going to talk a little bit about exactly how she did that, and we're going to break the whole process down into steps. It's going to be very interesting. We're going to talk about her other websites uh, like nomadfunnel.me, nomadfly.me, so you can learn how to get cheap flights. We're going to talk about uh, nomad tools, a uh, whole bunch of stuff. So if you're interested in the digital nomad lifestyle and how to make it work by any means necessary, then you're going to love Beck's story. So just want to welcome you, Beck. Thank you for joining us. Hey, man. Thanks. Great to be here. So this interview so this has been a while. Been a while. Oh, oh. I'm getting a bit of an echo on my uh, from your end. Can you do you have headphones there? Uh, shoot. I can hear myself. <laughs> okay, give me a sec. I don't know how to solve that. I do have headphones. Okay, I'm just gonna uh, edit this out later. So. Uh, okay, but this I'm using like a Blue Yeti mic, and maybe I should. Uh, it says I'm only using the Blue Yeti, so maybe if I turn the volume or something. Okay, Is that I, think it's, I think it's better now. Yeah, I can't hear myself. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, Beck. Yeah, I'll just start over. I'll just start over again. So, so Beck, just want to welcome you to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. It's been a while. You know, we've been uh, interacting for a while. I've been following your progress, and it's been amazing, all the things you've been working on. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, man. It's awesome to be here. So, perhaps you could walk me back into the beginning, you know, introduce uh, give me a little bit about your backstory. Introduce yourself and tell me in your own words, you know, who you are, where you come from. Yeah. Um, well, you, you pretty much summed it up, but I, uh, I come from New Zealand, which is why I sound like this. And um, I have spent a lot of time, uh, you know, like tr- 
working with other people, obviously growing up, I quit my job when I was, I think, 26, which is about six years ago now, and um, started an um, importing business to New Zealand, but I wasn't very good at it. I think a lot of times that I've, a lot of the things that I've tried just haven't worked, and so I've kind of managed to fail my way to success, and that's, um, you know, whatever success really <laughs> really means uh, to me I feel I feel pretty successful but compared to a lot of people I'm probably not still I um, mean compared to a lot of people I am so yeah whatever that means for me I feel um, pretty successful I live here in Bangkok where I, I love it here um, I work with people that I love on my team and I've you know I live here with my girlfriend I'm living sort of a dream lifestyle um, and have a bit of money to spend which is always good so yeah it's uh it's been a long journey, but that's that's pretty much sums it up. Is there like a level of success that you aim for, or when you were starting out, like did you think that okay, this is my goal, and if I reach this, I'll be successful, and if I don't, I failed? Or how how do you set goals and and measure success? Well, that's a good question. I think a lot of times I was um, I was feeling like a failure because I didn't. Uh, I hadn't achieved the the dream day. You know, have you ever done that dream day exercise where you write it, where you write down all your, you know, what you would do on this like perfect day? Oh, I see. Like if, if money was no object and you could do anything you wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I hadn't I hadn't achieved that, and so for me, I always was looking at it like, man, this is I'm so far away from it. I can't even, you know, you can't even plot a path to it, right? A lot of people have these things where they have the the dream and they can't even plot a path to towards it, so they don't know what the path is, so they can't take the path, and so everything just feels. And I just was so depressed for a long time. And and my goal initially, first of all, was to pay the rent. Right, I was like so screwed that month. I was just really upset, and I would try all these different things, and they just kept failing, and I just felt like a huge failure. And my goal was to make a thousand thousand bucks because I, I figured like you know I can't really tr- think about making a million that's ridiculous I can't even make 10 I got nothing to sell you know so I was trying to work it out and my goal was to make a thousand bucks at first and I think I did that in like month two or three and the first few weeks I just made a couple of hundred bucks like enough to pay the rent and um yeah so then it, I think it's grown and growing from from there until you know, once I hit that goal, I would think, okay, what's next? Well, I want to try to make five, and then I made three. So, okay, well, what can I do now? What can I do now? And I was always thinking of ways to improve. And I never, like I had my dream day, I've had my dream day many times now. But um, then, obviously then, since then, I remember I was like, I need to enjoy this while it's happening, but I also need to take it to the next level. So I think it's been for me a lot about plotting kind of mini goals and then plotting new ones when I reach them. Yeah, I see. That's definitely an interesting uh, topic because I know that when I was starting out, like I had this goal to make $10,000 a month. And mm-hmm. I was like in my young 20s. And, you know, if I couldn't, I felt like I wasn't getting anywhere close to that. And I was still, you know, making like $1,500, $2,000 a month, which in retrospect, wasn't bad. Like, it was good progress I made, and, and considering I had no business experience, and I probably wasn't even running a real company at that point, you know, but I, I was doing outsourcing. I had VAs and things like this, and but I, I still wasn't happy because I felt like there was such a huge gap, and I don't know, like, I felt like there was, if I had to achieve this in order to be happy, and I don't know, when I, when I kind of started to travel and, and kind of break free from that whole 
you know, even though I was self-employed, I still felt like I was in the rat race and still comparing myself to what other people were doing. And I don't know, like, I, and a, when I started comparing myself to being my best version of myself and looking at all the progress I made, then that was a much better barometer of success for me, at least. Yeah, I totally know what you mean. And I, um, I hear you about feeling like you're still in the rat race. I do feel like sometimes I... Um, look around and especially with people that I'm you know close to in business that they'll do really well with something and I'll be like oh dang it I need to like up my game here you know and I I, on some in some ways I find that good because I think it's good to have some competitiveness it keeps for me it it keeps me uh, you know jumping out of bed and like trying to do my stuff but not like in a desperate way just like you know and just wanting to do better uh, but yeah, I do know what you mean. It can get a bit much sometimes. I usually find it's much more helpful and constructive to make your goals really easy to achieve, you know, and you get positive reinforcement, like you said, mm-hmm. reach that $1,000 a month level. Um, obviously, you're not going to be rich for that, but, you know, that's enough to, to live in Thailand and, you know, build, build off of that, basically, you know. Yeah, well, definitely. Well, there's um, a couple of – I've talked to a lot of people about that sort of thing because I run a few courses where mm-hmm. people make money. And if I – you know, candidly, a lot of people are quite delusional about what they want from their life or their goals. You know, I'm like, why Why are you trying to make a million dollars? I want to be a millionaire. Like, why are you doing that right now? You literally haven't even made one dollar. Just try to make a dollar. And, and if it, it's just so, I just find it delusional when people want to make these ginormous goals. I agree with you. They sh- the goals should be um, small and achievable because those ones all add up to the million or whatever goal you're going for. Do you think it's more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Do you think it's more effective to begin a business with that goal of, you know, this is the money I want to make, or should you focus on this is the value I want to create, this is the impact I want to create, and this is how I'm going to help people and give value to people, and then the money's a byproduct of that? I've heard both of those, right? But I honestly think it's like you you got to do both because some people who are really intent on creating value, don't they don't make money. Then it Everyone says, you know, just create value and solve a problem and you'll make money. You won't because you have to have, you know, I think it's probably true a lot of the time, but quite often what I've seen, people have weird issues with money. And this is something that comes up on most of the podcasts that I do um, because when people try to make money, there's always, there's usually something in the way. If you're not making the amount of money that you want to be making, there's something in the way. And it's it's just literally a your some some element of your relationship with money. And in terms of what you just said, you know, providing value to someone, you have to be able to charge for it. Because so many people I see get worried and and upset at the prospect of asking people for money. Um, and so you do have to have both elements of not just being greedy and out to get cash because that's not going to work. And it no matter even if someone makes money that doesn't mean it worked you know I just think I think they've got a, other issues but you need to have elements of both solving someone's problem helping uh, like providing value and also being totally okay to charge for that 
So what would you say is that roadblock and where does it come from? I mean, those self-limiting beliefs as far as uh, a person's relationship with money, does that come from their childhood or from their parents? It's no. something that I'm still studying, um, mm. and I find it very, very fascinating. And the reason that I find it fascinating, uh, before I answer that, is because the money mindset is literally the thing that you can, the smallest tweak that you can make, like it doesn't cost anything, and it doesn't take any real effort, like, you know, physical effort. You don't have to travel anywhere. You don't have to, t you know, it's, it's a small tweak that you can make to your actual mindset and it can make the most difference to your bottom line. So that's why I find it so interesting. And to answer your question, I think that most people who have issues with money, which is most people, I think, in some way, um, it's based on how you were brought up and the, in the, just really your experiences with money. You know, like there's lots of things that happen to us when we're growing up and like how our parents teach us things and whatnot. There's lots of these things that happen to us that we kind of – subconsciously make decisions about but never really notice that we made decisions about it and it might be little things that pop in our, up in our heads now or you might just have never thought about it and so like you know you might be thinking every time some guy drives back drives by in a Porsche or whatever you might think oh, what a douchebag right it's just a thought that might pop into your head and that's you know if you think all rich people are assholes or like subconsciously you might not think it consciously, but subconsciously, if you do, you're probably not going to want to encourage much money to come into your life because you don't want to be an asshole. You know, and you there's so many of these kind of things, and sometimes it sounds a little bit woo-woo, and I'm not that much of a woo-woo person, but I have seen I've seen it in my life, and and I believe in you know the power of the subconscious and stuff like that. So I really do think that a lot of times there's these things that are in our heads that um, like I have some experiences uh, when I was young, like my mom looked, my mom bought a new outfit and she didn't even look at the price of it. And I'm like probably 12 and I'm like, how much was that? That you went, you went to an expensive store, you know, how much was that dress? She's like, I don't know. And I was like, what? How can you not know? Like my dad was slaves away, like earning money and you're just, you know, spending money on whatever and you don't even know. She looks at the thing, it's like 400 bucks. I was like, oh, I was so horrified that she had spent money on this and my dad had been working for it. So I was like, you shouldn't, like subconsciously in my head at that time, I created a belief that was you shouldn't just spend money. You know, like people work really hard for money. You shouldn't just spend it on whatever. And so for a long time, I went through my life just like being totally stingy and not letting money flow through my bank account or whatever. And I think that these are all things that create these limiting beliefs that we don't know that we have, but they're just there from the experiences that have happened to us. Yeah, well, don't get me started with uh, relationships and things like this and uh, <laughs> making money and then your husband making money and the woman spending it. Because I've got a, a, some things to say about that, but yeah, uh, exactly. that's, that's not, not the direction I want to go at this, this interview. Because <laughs> yeah. I've been in many different relationships where, you know, sometimes the, the girl, you know, she's really proud and she wants to earn her own money. And then others where I feel like it's a little bit unequal and, you know, the man slaves away, like you said, and then she wants to buy a $1,000 handbag or she wants a free trip to the Maldives or whatever like yeah. this. And, yeah, and no. I can say that it is exhausting to, to be in a relationship like that from a man's point of view. I'm sure. Uh, 
Um, but anyway, so I, what I actually want to do now, though, I want to I want to go back to that moment when you had forty two cents in your bank account, you know, and you were really struggling, and you had to wrestle with all of these internal demons and these self limiting beliefs. What were the steps that you took to get yourself out of that? And and one and a half year later, where uh, you're enjoying this life of abundance and everything seems to be growing and firing in all cylinders, you're ready to hire staff. Uh, how did you shake yourself up out of that? You know, what are the steps you took? Yeah, um, for me, like, and I'm not saying that things are like totally perfect now and peachy and will never be bad again. That's, you know, it's what it is. But at that time, it was extremely bad. It was probably the lowest, one of the lowest times that I've had. And, um, and what, and I didn't have another choice, you know, like I had to do something. I was just frozen the whole time. You know, when you get the cold sweats and you're like, ah, like, what am I going to do? I was like in emergency mode. And so I had to do something. And so what I started doing was a couple things. I started writing 10 ideas a day because I listened to James Altucher and he's, he talks a lot about when you're in like the depths of your own, you know, despair or whatever, you need to start doing something. So start by just writing ideas a day so that your brain feels like it can solve problems. And then you will, you know, slowly get to a point where your brain feels like it can solve your own problems. It doesn't have to be ideas about your life or anything. It could be like water park themes, but your brain starts to feel like it can think of new solutions. And so, um, that's something I still try to do is to do 10 ideas a day because I can solve, I'm like very confident in my ability to solve problems now. Just, I think because of the practice that I've had in actually solving problems. Um, and so I started to do that. And the other thing I did was, um, I read Dan Norris's book, seven day startup. Now I've read like a lot of books and I'm not saying this is even the best book, but at that time I really needed some action to take that was going to be fast that I could, get a small win, man. Like we were just talking about, you know, I could get a win that was like a couple of bucks or just give me some, I, cause I was absolutely feeling like in the depths of despair. Like I actually had no self-confidence. I was in a spiral of like, uh, whatever that, whatever that term is just like, just really bad in a, um, and that's in a, a really hard place to sell anything from. You know? It's really bad, dude. Like it was, yeah. it's, that's why I couldn't do it for a couple of weeks. I was like, Oh, I can't do anything. Anyway, I started to kind of, I, I decided that I would do this, put, do this stuff that was in this book, no matter what. Right. I decided that I would do that because I was like, I can't afford rent and I have to do something. So I, uh, so how did you uh, pay your rent the next month? <laughs> well, so I, I started, I followed the book and um, I'm not saying the book's like that incredible. It's got nothing new in it. You won't read it and be like, oh, my God. But it did have a solid path of steps for me to take, which I hadn't had in a while. I just was kind of floundering around, you know. Oh, does anyone want to do this? Does anyone want to do that? Ugh. Anyway, so I chose an idea, which I didn't really like that much either, but I knew I had to do something, and it was the cheap flights thing. I don't want to be finding cheap flights for people. That's not – I don't want to be a travel agent. So, but I, I just posted in a group and some, um, people who are listening to this may remember if you're familiar with me, I posted in a group a year and a half ago saying, Hey, is anyone, I keep finding these cheap flights between nomad destinations. Is anyone interested in like learning how I do it or like, you know, forgetting, like, I can send them to you or whatever. Anyway, so that's kind of how the whole thing started because I was able to realize 
that you can launch something really quickly if you get um, if you validate the idea first. And I I had had probably two years worth and maybe fourteen or fifteen businesses ideas that I tried to launch without talking to a single human being and they've all failed because I would I'd sp- spend a few weeks on a website or something and then I would like I literally sent out one tweet once I got to the point where I was so I had so low self-confidence I sent out a tweet <laughs> about a business a website that I just made and no one obviously answered the tweet <laughs> and I was like this business is a failure <laughs> I turned it off <laughs> So, like, you know what I mean? Like, I really but you, was... You raise an interesting point there, though. I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I want to bring something yep. up. Because I just, I just posted a Medium article on this yesterday, and so many entrepreneurs and people, you know, that have something they want to sell, you know, some idea, they, they try one thing, and then they don't get any market validation, and then they give up, or they say, like, this isn't working, or it's a failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we always see evidence to the contrary. We see standouts who are killing it, and whatever we try to do, this exact same thing. And so, you know, I, I saw... Uh, a quote by Grant Cardone a couple weeks ago, and you know he said one is the most uninteresting number. If you really want to crush it, you need to do something ten times. You need to add zeros. I do it a hundred times. You know, try uh, ten different things and then see what works. And for me, like I, I just developed this simple framework where I'll do five things each day, five marketing activities. Start with how do I reach five people? How do I reach twenty-five people? How do I reach one twenty-five? And I just keep multiplying by five, and then I'll have ideas and I'll just test them all out. And, you know, maybe 80% doesn't work, but 20% does. I'll double down that, multiply it by another five. And, yeah. and the same point is, like, you know, you just said, like, I'll do one tweet or, you know, one post or something, and mm-hmm. then people will shrink back into their shell. And you really need to get over that, I think. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so I managed to get over that by having a semi-successful post on Facebook where people liked it. Now, like, if that's not a small win, I don't know what it is because that's pretty small. And I want to say that in my own tests, you know, like I said, I try a lot of things and I find the Facebook group posts get a ton of clicks compared to other things I've tried. Mm-hmm. But I do find that those people are harder to convert. And so yeah. especially yeah. people, and, and I think especially people that are looking for cheap flights. So how are we going to monetize people looking for cheap flights? Because, you know, they're probably not going to want to spend money with us. Can you tell me how to do that? Yeah, well, or how um, you did it? <laughs> at, at that time, I didn't have any idea of what I was doing at all, right? I didn't even really okay. I think I stopped following the book or something. I, I got to the part part of the book where you do the post and you like sell someone on something and then you make it for them, which has kind of been part of my mantra ever since, and that's part of what I'm working on now, which I'm sure we'll go into later. But I I messaged all the people that had said that they were interested in it. And I got their email. I got the email address. Let's say there was a hundred people that said yes, which I think they were close to, pretty close to that, maybe seventy something. And I wrote to all of them, which, by the way, is already ten times more effort than I ever would have done. <laughs> um, and then I said, "Hey, uh, can I grab your email so I can um, send you these cheap deals that I find?" And so I got probably forty email addresses. And then, uh, Can I interrupt for a sec? I just want to yeah. um, clarify. I want to be more specific. So, uh, which which market were you targeting when you say the Facebook group, and what was your message? Like, what was your offer or your call to action? That was literally it. It was like, does anyone want to know more stuff about? Does anyone want to see the deals or whatever? So it was, a bit, it was a bit vague then. Totally vague. I didn't even oh, know okay. what I was offering. <laughs> so, were you posting uh, in a group or was this like a personal update? No, it was a group, and it was. Uh, 
Freak, I forget what group it was. It was like probably Digital Nomads Around the World, which was quite – it wasn't that big at that time. Okay. And, and there was another one. I definitely didn't do more than two groups. In fact, I may have just done one group. But uh, maybe it was that and like the Chiang Mai Digital Nomads or something like that. But um, anyway, so I, I did – I posted the vague thing in there without knowing what I was offering, right? And this is actually something that I kind of teach right now. Um, because I think it's a good strategy. If you ask something super targeted, yeah, you might get three super targeted people. But if you ask something broad, then at least you're building your list of people who are vaguely interested. Um, yeah, and I want to add one tip. Like I, I said earlier, Facebook group posts can get a ton of clicks and a ton of traffic. And I think it's very effective when you tell people to comment if they want it. Because those always, every time someone comments on the post, it gets bumped to the top of the group again. More people see it, it expands your reach. So, you know, I'm sure you probably did this, but if, if I were you, if I was going back, then I would say, like, you know, comment free flights if you want the guide or comment cheap flights or discount flights or something like that. And then if 30, 50 people comment, then you're going to multiply your reach every time someone comments. Yeah, and let me explain my, um, my practice now, which was the same or very similar as the one then. I needed money. I wasn't trying to build a business. I didn't really know what I was even offering, but I needed some cash. So I, I wanted to find what problems they were having and sell them a solution. So I sold, uh, so I emailed out my list, my new list, right? And so this little MailChimp list. And I was like, hey guys, uh, listen, if you, thanks for responding to my post. If you um, are interested, I would love to send you, you know, some information about cheap nomadic flights it's going to cost you nine dollars a year and i will send you cheap flights that's that was my initial offer nine dollars a year cheap flights and i had like no idea what that even meant and i had probably 12 people pay which was really cool like just a paypal link and uh i didn't have anything set up like i didn't know how to even deliver these tips or like I wanted to automate it so I changed to active campaign and tried to automate it but that's like way more complicated than I needed and I was just faffing around with that for ages um had these people pay and one of them was Dan O'Donnell who does the uh I think it's OD on life podcast or he's he's in um he's here in Thailand and he invited me to speak on his podcast about cheap flights and so I did that, and then I put the price up to $25 lifetime and decided to just teach people how to – because I didn't want to be looking on at cheap flights all the time. So I decided to teach people how to find their own cheap flights, and that is kind of how uh, Nomad Fly was born. So I started selling something from day one, really. And that's the key. You should be able to get that dollar from the beginning. Uh, yeah, it makes the business work so much better, and – 12 orders, that's about, you made about $100, a little over $100, so that's enough to eat for a few days, right? Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> super cool, but bigger than that, man, it was that I started to believe in myself again. I was, like, crying still, but, like, because I was happy. <laughs> I was like, how, like, this is amazing. Some people trust me to give them, what, some, deliver something, and they're literally giving me money to do it, and no one, I'd had, I'd sold things before. But I think I just had gone down so deep into this slump that I had stopped. I lost lost my mojo completely. And uh, so I had to – that. I needed that small win to get it back. And uh, so from there I started to think like, okay, what else can I do? 
I divided my, I didn't know it, but I was building kind of a funnel and I divided my, uh, I made an ebook that I had actually written. I think I'd actually written a long post earlier and never done anything with it or something on, on cheap flights. And so I just turned that into an ebook and, uh, started selling it as the smaller offer for $7 and then people could upsell for, I think it was, then it was like $50 to buy like a course that was expand, you know, all that information expanded out. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, something you that's, that's really important is when you're selling something like this, you need to be able to detach yourself from the product a little bit, you know, distance yourself from your own product. Otherwise, you know, you take it personally if you get rejected and, you know, if sometimes if you have a really rough day, if you're trying to sell something and maybe you get blocked from a Facebook group where you try to promote or, you know, people give you some, you know, reject you or whatever it is, like it's easy to cry yourself to sleep sometimes or feel like you just want to hide from it all, from all the bullets flying around. But you wake up the next day and then you, you see like you got a $100 order in your inbox and suddenly the sun is shining bright again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So once we get to the point where we, um, you make making these orders, you're starting to build this list, you know, you got a little bit of a tribe going, what's next? You know, how are we going to, how, how are you building this up to 3000 a month and then to, to beyond that where it is now? Um, I did a couple of, as I was expanding, I did a couple of, um, like promos, you know, cause I put the price right up and then I dropped it down to do a sale. And so I made like, I think 800 or a thousand bucks for the next few months. But then I decided that I would try doing a five day challenge, um, to do a free challenge and explain what flight hacking is and then sell the course at the end of it. So that's how I, that was around, I think November. What exactly December. is a five day challenge? Can you tell me about that? Yeah, it's, a. Uh, it's probably, from what I know, from what I've done, the easiest way to build an audience uh, because you're offering people, you, you obviously name it whatever it is that you're doing. So mine was the five-day flight hacking challenge and you you get people joining it because you're going to teach them for free over five days how to hack flights and how to find cheaper flights, pretty much how to implement your stuff. And you during that five days, you have to do two things. You have to give them a small win Mine was, now you can find a couple hundred bucks off most of your flights that you're looking for internationally. And then, so they learned how to do that on like day two. And then um, you also, during the five-day challenge, have to provide them with a gap that is something that's missing from the five-day challenge so that they have to, they feel like they need more information they have to buy your thing at the end. So I did that, um, and I sold my course at the end. Uh, but, yeah, five-day challenge is just literally you make a Facebook group, you build an email list, you every day for five days teach a new point. So you have to really take your skill or your product or your thing and break it into five distinct points uh, and teach those each day. Interesting. And so you just make, like, a, a little video episode each day? Yeah, I did a live in the morning and at night. So and they had homework to do. I've seen a lot of people do these now, and they're very, very effective, and they're great for growing Facebook groups, and they're great for uh, teaching, you know, like selling um, courses. They're, and, and they're great for people, anyone who wants to learn anything too, because, you know, it's not like just this big sell. Like you actually get loads of good information during the challenge, and you learn a lot of stuff. And then so you deliver that to them via email or through a Facebook group? How do Both. you? Okay. 
Yeah, and at the end you sell whatever it is, uh, and they can just sign up to it like normal. And the videos uh, in this challenge, how long are they? You know, what's obviously you're giving some good content away, and then you're just telling them like this is what you need to do, go do it. Um, yeah, essentially, it's uh, I showed most days I showed like a tutorial of how to do something and then some examples and their homework was to find uh, you know to find something similar or like you know what's the best deal that you can find between here and here or that sort of thing um, yeah the videos were not that long like 10 minutes max and I, I used to keep it simple like if there's too much going on and you're trying to teach all this stuff like it gets too much for people and then they just stop doing it and then they, you know, if they're not around for day five, you can't have them on your, um, your pitch at the end. So yeah, you just try to keep it as simple as possible. So everyone gets some wins out of it and that they hopefully want to get more information at the end. Okay. So now knowing everything that you do now, you know, you've been helping You've been learning along the way, and now you're actually helping other people to to do similar things. Where you say you help them create funnels where they can go directly to uh, the users, they can drive traffic and start making sales pretty very quickly. Actually, whatever product it might be. Uh, what what are the steps that you recommend taking now when someone has an idea? Um, you know, how long do they need to uh, to take to get their product to the market to start making sales? You know, what are the steps? What are you using to build these these funnels? Like, you have a lot of landing pages and stuff. Uh, can you tell me how you do that and how you recommend doing that? Yeah, it's actually super simple. And um, I use the same or a very similar strategy to how I started because it's really effective. Um, I think, uh, and I want to, in what I teach, I try to bypass all these, uh, I either try to bypass the crap that people do wrong and I try to address the issues that people have like you know money mindset stuff or fear of rejection if someone says no to your product etc what do um, people so, do wrong can you give me an example um yeah like like we said before just either they'll think about an idea forever and never do it or they'll think about it for a long time uh, and then finally try to do something but it doesn't work and they give up or they'll just like work on it for ages and ages and never actually launch those things are very very common um like very very common <laughs> it's it's almost uh, it's almost the barrier for entry for this stuff is actually a lot lower than most people probably think because all you really have to do is just take some action that most people aren't taking and then you're suddenly ahead of most people um, but to answer your question, the, the steps of the funnel are straightforward. You have to think of a you have to think of something that you enjoy or a niche that you're a part of or an audience that you want to help. Um, whatever it is, uh, let's use um, I mean Nomad Fly, right? I wanted to help digital nomads, and I want actually wanted to make any money, any amount of money. But what I was like, what can I do? What skills do I have? Um, and you don't need to be a professional either. Let me just say this. You don't need to be a pro uh, at whatever it is. You just need to be better than most people at it and need to have something to teach those people. And it's best if you have like a lot of ex like a lot of experience. Um, and then so once you've thought of that, my advice to start out is literally to use Facebook groups and do just what I did, 
make a broad question that's not going to get banned by people for self-promotion. Obviously, if you go into a group and say, like, hi, my name's Blah, and I want to sell this, like, it's not going to be good for you. So just go in and say, hey, who else is interested in this topic? Um, and then talk to each of those people. Build a little tribe, build a Facebook group, get started. Uh, Do you have an you example know, of one of these posts? Um. Yeah, there's tons of them right now because I'm teaching a 10-day challenge literally this week. Can, and, you, can uh, you send me a, like a, maybe a screenshot of a few posts like that and maybe we can include it with the episode? I think that would be really helpful. Yeah, if you... um, Freak. There's probably some of my six-figure digital nomads group, man. I, I think there's probably four or five people that posted in there for this, this challenge. And some of them would... By the way, some of them were total flops. And no one answered, <laughs> and they and they came back. That's to me what and I'm like, afraid of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's okay, man. Like, and this is what happened. Like, I tell people, here, this is how great this is, and you have to reframe it in your brain before you can see how great it is. But if no one answers your post, how awesome is it that you didn't spend six months building a product? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, but, but there, is, there is ways in the psychology, you know, if they didn't respond the first time, you know, maybe if you change your message up a little bit. Oh, 100%. Yeah, 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 yeah. totally. So, so getting that message right is really critical, and I think there's a lot of value in being able to see how it's done correctly and being able to take that as a template and maybe reusing it for another product or for another niche. That's right. And one thing I learned, because I give away, um, like, money scripts in my course, and this is, you know, this is how I ask people for money. And by this point, dude, I'm like totally fine with asking anyone for money. Like, I'll ask you for twenty bucks right now. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, what are you I gonna spend it on, Beck? Uh, I'll write, I know. I'll write a check. Tell me ridiculous. what you're gonna spend it on. <laughs> <laughs> something ridiculous. Uh, so not but, not like a giant, you know, tower of ice cream or something. I'm gonna tell you. Yeah. <laughs> no, dude. Like, it's it's interesting how people react when I tell them they have to ask people for money. And this is two separate things. The first one is, uh, you know, putting the post in the group. And yeah, you're right. You need to switch it up because you can't just do one post and if that doesn't work, then that's it. You have to try like five to 10 different groups. You have to ask different sorts of questions. I had a couple mm. of people who had really like niches that I was not sure about. And they have literally got hundreds of comments and made sales because of the way they asked the question in the group. That's so critical. So, yeah, so, and, and even me, like, at the time that I started the, the challenge earlier this week, or I guess last week, I had no idea that that would be a popular thing. I was like, oh, good luck with that, and uh, and it was great, and it really is, like, I have a money script, but that works for me, and you really got to split test or whatever, just test, like, as many different types of ways of asking things as you can, and and by, and by the way, you need to always be yourself, and not um, try to be all businessy at that at that stage either. Like I felt, I feel like some people like wrote me an example of what they were going to send to someone. I just started laughing. It's like, dear sir, <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, like, awful. no, you have to re- just send, fill it with emojis and like say what's up. Like you need to speak the language that your market speaks. You know, exactly. so if it's like uh, digital nomads, like hey, did, hey, freedom fighters, or you know, hey. Yeah nomads or whatever it is like you need to speak to them in a language that's at their level exactly and so my my script is very much like emoji filled and like you know it's pretty laid back but if someone and if you want to add just, emojis on your mac you just press uh, control apple space i don't know if you know, I don't even that, know that i just google it and then copy them yeah it's actually control apple space and you can add emojis to anything you want 
<laughs> I just, uh, that's awesome. So cool. let me ask you, I, I, wanted, I meant to ask you this. So when you're writing these posts, do you make any mention of the actual product that you're giving away at all? Do you mention the PDF or? Not even a little bit. You don't even have a PDF yet. You have nothing. You just thought of the idea. So if I'm saying like, uh, let's say I have that book, obviously. I have a, pu a publicizer campaign right now. And you know, who's, I have this new resource or I learned about ways to growth hack Product Hunt and LinkedIn and Twitter. Uh, who's interested? You know, do I, do I make any mention of the book, or what am I? What's the the substance that I'm? Um, no, for you just want to make a generic, uh, you know, a generic post. And I usually come up with like ten different ideas of types of posts that you could make about it. Like okay, great. Um, so I would say, you know, who is trying to grow something right now and looking for like, you know, growth strategies? Because I have got some killer growth strategies, and then like. Focus you on the prospect first. Like, if post and make it into a thing, like, I wouldn't be trying to sell anything. It's just, it doesn't even sound like a, like, I would answer that post. You know, I'd be like, hell yeah, if we've got some, you know, maybe not call them growth strategies or whatever, but maybe I got a killer way to, like, grow Instagram from here to here. Why don't you hit me up if you are interested? And then like, when you follow up with them, you message them, obviously, and are you sending them the guide or are you sending them to a landing page? Are you trying um, to, to invite them to write back to you first to find a need? Yeah, so you don't have anything yet because you just thought of the idea and made the post. So you don't have a landing page. you got nothing. And so your job is to find out what exactly they're looking for and solve their problem and then make a product that answers that the, their questions. Because I find that what most people do wrong is they make a product because they think it sounds good and then they just try to force it on people. And it doesn't really necessarily solve that person's problems. It's something that, that, you know, the first person made before. Like, I find that crazy. So um, I would definitely talk to at least 20 people and try to get three to five yeses out of those 20 before I even made it at all. And then how I would uh, – and then the way that you know that it's a good idea is you uh, – because – Here's what, here's what happened. You'll say to someone, is this a good idea? And they say, yeah, it's a great idea. And you could ask your mom that, and she would say, it's a great idea. You know, pointless. So you would, you should ask, or you should ask people, okay, would you pay $7 for this as a, like, PDF guide? And then they're still going to say, oh, yeah, I might pay it, yeah. But, like, until they actually pay it, you don't know, because there's only probably – maybe 60% of people who say yes that are actually going to pay. Yeah. So and that's, my that's really thing, difficult is, is getting them over that edge and getting them actually pull out their, their credit card. Well, that's the thing. My whole thing is not, um, you know, writing the, making the product, obviously, but it's getting people that, first of all, you get a small win if you make seven bucks right now because you don't have Jack. You can't give, there's nothing you can give to this person. So if you make seven bucks right now, you're like, yes, now I need to get two more. And then I can make it. And so how I how I pitch it, and I have a screenshot of this because I have a little story that I'll tell you about how um, the first person I ever taught to do this made it really successful, is she literally just, because I looked at her script after that she had sent to her people after I had already written out my money scripts. And um, hers is even easier than mine. Like hers is literally like, hey, dude, um, I'm trying to validate an idea right now and see if this is a good thing to build. Would you give me seven bucks if uh, 
you know, and then I'll send it to you. I'll send you it as I build it. It's nearly, it's like I'm building it right now. Something like that. How does she so convey the value? Like, uh, said this is going to be an awesome product, and would you pay seven dollars for it, or how do you, how do you well, pitch? Let's let's talk about because um, hers is Bitcoin. She it's Marisa that runs uh, she knows crypto dot com, mm-hmm. and she had had this. I'll just tell you the story actually right now. She had this idea that was you know I want to teach women how to buy cryptocurrencies because it's complicated and they're being tired of they're getting tired of being mansplained to right. So she was like thinking about it and I met her in Barcelona and I yelled at her because I was like what are you doing you're not even doing anything you've been thinking about it for three months she's like I know I've got a logo and a landing page I was like what the hell why do you have those already you don't even know like what you're doing so when we were on the train she sat next to me and I started talking to her about this whole concept right like ask people for money and so she literally asked people that she had mentioned crypto to like who and i actually actually let me where am i going with this which thing am i going to tell you first so she wrote that to the people that she already knew had been talking to about it and it wasn't a big sell it's like do you want to learn how to buy crypto well i'm writing a guide (laughs) you'll be able to actually you probably need to include your a small win the small win that you're going to give them in the seven dollar guide so by the end of the PDF, you're going to be able to buy crypto. You'll be able to, you'll own a hundred bucks of Bitcoin or whatever, right? Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just yeah so, so um, I'm telling her like, okay, you just need to write to them and ask them, will they pay seven bucks for the guide or not? Otherwise, it's a bad idea. And they, customers understand this. They don't want, they know you don't want to be making stuff if it's pointless. So they're like they actually often feel really happy to be included with this like special beta group. And if so you already saying, have the product, if if you already are holding the pen and you have to sell the pen or whatever it is, yeah, uh, you know you can't say, "Will you pay for this?" Uh, you know, what's your ask there? If you already have a product, yeah, like let's say you have a eleven dollar book, you know, because this is something that we struggle with. Uh, because I, I have a couple of people that I'm I'm have working with me, and uh, we get a lot of prospects, we get a lot of leads, but then, uh, you know, like maybe they're sending we're sending up direct messages on Facebook, and forty percent of the people respond uh, that they're interested, and they're not converting. So how are we asking them to to spend money? Um, you're right. It's it's in the ask because they obviously it's it's always about if they see the value in it, they'll buy it. And so you just have to prove to them that there's value in it and they'll get value out of it. So, I mean, asking for money is just straight up asking for money. Will you pay this? If you had something that solved this problem for you, would you pay for it? Yeah, you would. Here's a PayPal button that I prepared prepared earlier. And then they've just said that they would and the PayPal button's right there. So you have a really good conversion when you do it that way. And then once you've got a few of those people, from from my perspective, what you know, what I'm teaching in the course is once you've got a few of those, then you build your funnel. And I actually give you my funnel that I use because ClickFunnels lets me do that. I give you my funnel. You can plug all your information into it, and then uh, it starts to automate the process of you know you you write out your guide or whatever your PDF your book. Um, and then ClickFunnels will send it to the person. So now your job is not to worry about sending it or whatever. It's just to get more people and ask more people. But in terms of getting people to say yes and convert, 
you know, this just comes down to how you're asking them for it and what value you're showing them that they'll get out of it. I remember there was a great offer by Chris Gillibo. Are you familiar with him? Yeah. I think it was his website. It's, it's still alive. If I just looked it up, it's FrequentFlyerMaster.com. And he has a really strong guarantee, which kind of removes a lot of the risk from the buyer and kind of uh, urges them to, to make this purchase now. And it's kind of a promise, like uh, the one free plane ticket guarantee. Oh, yeah. I've seen that. It's on Travel Cartel, I think. I feel like that's yeah, travel, travel Cartel, I think. So then he's got this. It says, amazing guarantee. Every one of my products is rock your world guaranteed. If you don't love something, you get your money back. As simple as that. So I think being able to create an offer like that is really strong. And I remember I actually mentioned one example of uh, this dentist from 100 years ago. Uh, his name is Painless Parker, and he had this great guarantee. Like um, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's, it's like, you know, this is how much a tooth extraction costs. Maybe it's like 50 cents. And if it hurts at all, I'll pay you $5 or something like that. And he would give them, like, whiskey and stuff and play music, you know, so they were kind of sloshed and stuff. They couldn't feel any of the pain. Uh, but it was, it was such a strong guarantee that, you know, like, it, it makes it profitable for the customer even if the product fails. But I think you need to do that, be able to do it right, or it could backfire. Correct? 100%, dude. Like, 100%. And I think that most people don't have the confidence in themselves and their abilities or in, uh, you know, whatever they're selling to to offer those kind of guarantees and that people are so terrified of failure and they're terrified of people saying no and they're terrified of what if it doesn't work that um, especially nowadays right when everyone's tried at least three courses right everyone's tried different stuff to work online and it hasn't worked for whatever reason and the reason it hasn't worked is because you you gave it 50% of your effort and then we're like oh it didn't work you know like but uh, yeah I think that people just they have all this fear around what they're selling um and so you're right the guarantee thing would be great but it's about i i find that my job is not really about the funnels it's about helping people gain confidence because anyone can build a funnel i can tell you i can tell any person the exact strategies to make like a hundred thousand dollars i can literally plan them write them all out but it's irrelevant because of their mindset and that's why I keep I always come back to it man I always come back to mindset because there's always something in the way for people and I can tell them exactly what to do and they will not do it because and by the way I think being a nomad is one of the best ways to break free from that because you force yourself out of your social conditioning out of your social circle you know of people who regularly judge you who have an opinion of you and then you're able to reinvent yourself as something else you know, if, if you don't like the identity where you are now, if you're in, listening to this from Pittsburgh or uh, wherever, you know, Denver, and you feel like you have this identity because of what other people are projecting onto you, you can leave that and you can create a new identity for yourself. And then you don't have to worry about people judging you or how you're perceived by people. Yeah, it's true. And I want to point out um, something that I've noticed about nomads particularly this sometimes comes across as douchey, so be prepared. Um, I find that a lot of nomads, uh, yeah, there, there's a couple of ways to look at this. Sometimes people are really proud because they live on like a really tiny amount of money. If it's just that, then great. You can live on whatever you want. Well done. But the problem is if people feel like that's all that they can earn and that's why they're so proud of, to live on whatever, I 
one of my missions is to help digital nomads earn more money because there's such a weird honestly dude there's such a weird attitude about money with digital nomads it's like you have to live on like the smell of an oily rag and on like a beach and it's crazy it's crazy to me i'm sure it's not the same i'm sure it's not like that widespread but especially in thailand there's a there's a strange attitude of you know, if you earn loads as a digital nomad, you must be, like, scamming someone or you must be, like, <laughs> no, there's just this weird attitude that's underlying in digital nomad materials. And I want I've to noticed that. that. I think yeah, I've noticed that, like, in places like Chiang Mai, there's kind of that race to the bottom, you know, where people just kind of come out and they have no plan for how they're going to make it work, but they're just going to figure it out, you know, after they arrive. Yeah. And um, it's kind of fostered a mentality and bred more of that, uh, kind of mediocrity of that, you know, scraping the bottom of the barrel mentality. And yeah. I think these people are not really thinking about their future so much. It's like, I'm just going to force myself to the situation and dig myself out of it. But it's like, do you want to, like I said, do you want to wear an oily rag for the next 30 years? Like, do you want to get old and be living as a backpacker for a decade or two? I mean, you need to think about where you're going. And I can tell you, like, if, if you ever want to have, like, your own home, you know, if you ever want to have a spouse, a, a kid, you know, this is not going to fly. You have to figure out your life. Yeah, and uh, no, that's exactly right. And I don't want to, you know, be down on people who who are happy living on 250 bucks a month and that's what they want to make. But I want, I do want people to question, like, if that's really what they want. And I had to go to a funeral last year and, like, I'm so lucky that I had the money to go. What if you're only living on whatever you, you can't afford to do things like you know go to someone's wedding or a funeral or go to a new country? I think that being a digital nomad is all about having freedom to do what, whatever it is that you want. Um, at, you know, have any option available to you, and um, yeah, I, I definitely think we'll do whatever you want, but I think your relationship with money it's much better if it's a healthy one. Yeah, absolutely. So. As we kind of get close to the end of this interview, you know, maybe you can break down some of the steps as far as, you know, someone's listening to this and it's like, all right, I'm ready to go. Beck, you've convinced me. I'm, I'm excited for this. I want to, I have this idea for something I want to do. Uh, how do I get this out there? Uh, you know, how do I start earning money and then, and then start build something that I can build off of? Uh, what are the steps here? Yeah, well, I think it's just what, what we just said. And, and I think that... First of all, don't try to, you know, if you're listening and you're and you're you want to build a business, don't try to build a business. Try to sell one thing for seven bucks, because that is the beginnings of a business. I don't. I think that your business doesn't actually begin. People are like, oh, I got a business. I'm like, really? How many sales do you have? Oh, I'm just starting out. I haven't got any. Really, that a business doesn't start until you actually get money from someone. So people are more got, drawn to the identity of being an entrepreneur yeah. or being an author, you know, like they think, wow, that's so cool. If I could reinvent myself, but then they forget, like you have to make money, you know, you got to feed yourself and those who you're supporting as well. <laughs> yeah. And it takes you going out of your comfort zone. It takes you, you know, like you said, going 10 X on whatever it is. So often people are just there to make the bet. They just want to do the bare minimum work. If they make a Shopify store, they just throw it up there. They don't really care about the branding or if it's the copy or anything like that. They just put a, pri a product on there and expect people to buy it. And nowadays, you just can't get away with that anymore, you know. You can't get away with, like, selling snake oil. And uh, you, you really I, – what I recommend is that you start a business that you love that's based around your 
um, I, I hesitate to say passions, um, but you know you want to be interested in it, and I feel like you want to be you want to become an expert in it. And one of the things that I or a couple of things that I teach, uh, you know, along with the five day challenge, like how to do webinars and how to do a virtual summit. I've done two virtual summits now. They've bought they've bought in like um, almost ninety grand, I think, between them, and. I think like those sort of, those are the sort of things that put you on the map in your industry. You know, there's so many ways that you can grow your. If you can make one sale, you can make a hundred. So start by trying to make one sale of something, and then just keep on iterating it and make it better. And don't wait until things are perfect to get started. You can't you can't wait anymore. There's no time. <laughs> this is it. You have to get your shit out there into the world. You have to have a customer, you have to have more than one customer. You start growing your network with people in your industry. You're, if you love growing tulips, freaking go out and meet other people that love growing tulips or other flowers or whatever. Like, start a little club of there, there is opportunity everywhere. And I think that either you're overwhelmed with the opportunity or you're just too scared to start. And there are I think there are a couple of reasons for that. Um, I don't know if we have time to go into them, but it's all mindset stuff again. So the first uh, step you mentioned, the first step you recommend, don't try to build a business. Try to sell one thing for $7. Uh, once you do that, you're ready to, to build off of that creative business that you're really willing to invest yourself in. You know, you're willing to invest your time in, that you're going to be persistent. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're, you're passionate about you really love what you're doing, so you're willing to put yourself out there. Um, Third, you know, from, from a technical standpoint, uh, you know, how, how are we setting this up? You know, what are, what are the, the next steps like? Um, uh, obviously, like, you know, we can do things like a five-day challenge, like you said, posting videos, uh, giving content out that's really valuable. It helps people solve their problems. Mm-hmm. Create maybe a Facebook group or email list where you can deliver this kind of content. Um, how, do, how do you turn this into a sustainable business that's going to deliver you steady revenue? Yeah, look, um, being an entrepreneur, is, as far as I know, <laughs> from what I know, is uh, is all about your ability to create at all times, create new opportunities for yourself and for your business. And if you you, there's no room for being stagnant. You can't just be like, okay, this is this is going to be passive income. Like, yeah, you can have passive income, but it's such. I just think it's such a shit show. Like, you. If you're that desperate to just set up something and then sit on a beach and do nothing, like, I don't really, that's not my kind of thing, you know. I want to love what I'm doing every day. I can't sit on a beach, I, I can't sit on a beach for more than an hour without, like, getting a notebook and writing some ideas down or something, or have, talking about ideas with people. And, and look, maybe that's not, maybe you don't identify with me, I'm not talking to you necessarily, whoever, maybe the person listening doesn't identify with that. Um, mindset, but I am a, I'm a hundred percent entrepreneur. I'm not looking just for a hit it and quit it business. I will not set up, a, you know, some store selling back knee cream because that's what sells. And, uh, that's just who I am. And I think there's different kinds of entrepreneurs. Someone needs to sell the back knee cream. So that's great for them. But for me, I really recommend just setting up something that is that you're passionate about, that you can be the go-to or one of the go-to experts in your field, you can start, you know, there's so many levels of the value ladder that you can offer people. And there's so much value that you can have for yourself. You know, you can start 
a PDF. You can then build an online course and you can sell coaching. You can be a speaker. There's, um, you don't have to do all of those. You can only just sell the first two things and then create a couple more products and maybe leave some ads running and suddenly mostly that's mostly passive and you can do that if you want. But you, it's one of these things you can make as big or as small as you want, but you always have to be generating new opportunities for yourself in general, not just for that product or that business, but for yourself to better yourself, you know, to connect with more people, to, um, to, to grow. So I forgot what the question was, but that, <laughs> that's, uh, that's kind of what I thought. <laughs> yeah. The question was how to create a sustainable business and sustainable income. And your answer uh, was very informative and in depth. Thank you. Beck power. It was great to chat with you. Thanks, and, man. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so people want to get more from you. There's a number of websites they can check out if they want to learn more about funnels. Nomadfunnel.me, where you show people how to make info products using funnels. Nomadfly.me, which is your cheap flights course. Digitalnomad.me, which is your better nomad tools site. Nomadwork.me, which is uh, training on how to get nomad there's, remote work. There's a lot. Sorry, man. <laughs> What's your favorite digital nomad tool? I'm curious about that. You piqued my interest. Favorite digital nomad tool? Well, uh, I kind of like my one, uh, nomadproof.co, which is, uh, you know, you get a proof of onward travel when you're buying one-way tickets. Um, and I, I use Trello, actually, for everything. That's that's probably one of my favorite platforms. I put Because I'm such a list person. I put lists and tasks in Trello all the time and brainstorm different things in Trello. And the other one was uh, Onward, sorry, the Onward Ticket one? It's uh, nomadproof.co. Nomadproof.co. Okay, awesome. And if someone, do you have a blog or something like that? If someone wants to get more content from you, if they want to learn more from you, where should they go? Uh, I think I do have a blog on Medium. It's uh, under The Beck Power. But, um, you can sign up at nomadfunnel.me and that's where you get like, I give you my actual funnel and uh, you can see all the steps for, um, f you know, for my course and stuff like that and for how I set up funnels. Alternatively, on Facebook, I'm m.me forward slash the back power. Okay, and on nomadfunnel.me, you can get the nine step quick reverse launch method of creating profitable information funnels. That's and you can correct. actually study how the master creates her own funnels here. I, I, I think I asked you this earlier, but I, I'm not sure. But how are you creating these uh, landing pages here? Because I like how you put these together. And they're very simple. Simple is always good. Dude, yes, I use funnels. three different platforms for, like, basically all of my business. I use Trello. I uh, use, well, Gmail. And, um, or I have, yeah, and I have ClickFunnels. So um, those are kind of – there's one more, but I don't – ClickFunnels. Mainly Trello and ClickFunnels, to be fair. Um, and obviously I have Facebook bots and stuff like that, so I use Facebook Messenger a lot. But ClickFunnels is what I use for all my pages. And why I love ClickFunnels is because it's so ridiculously easy for me to think of an idea, shove it into Trello, like the stuff that needs to be done, and chuck it into like a landing page on ClickFunnels. I can do it in less than an hour. Um, and just have like everything ready to roll. Payments are all set up if there needs to be a payment. I can have multiple pages in there if they need to upsell or 
confirmation or whatever. Um, ClickFunnels makes that so freaking easy and that's why I use it. And they also let me share my existing funnels that I use and make money with other people so they can copy it and swap their information out for mine. So big fan of ClickFunnels. And so I know they have a 14-day free trial, but uh, what is that, about $97 a month or so? Yeah, it's 97 Here's a pro tip. Um, if you ask them, there's a secret price that's less than that, but you get like, you can't have as many visits or pages or something, but it's still a good way to get started. It's, uh, if you if you join up to my funnel, I'll explain how to do it. I think it's in the uh, descri- in the instructions. And what is that discount price at? Is it like a half I don't remember. Cost? I don't remember. It's, oh, okay. it's less than 30 bucks. I'm pretty sure it's less than 30 bucks. Wow, okay. That's very cheap. Almost anyone can, can start out with that. Yeah, and that's why I recommend starting out with one funnel. It's only got a few different pages. You're not sending masses of traffic. It's a good way to make your first 100 bucks before you have to um, pay the 97 for whenever you want to upgrade. Well, excellent. Thank you so much for all your time and all the knowledge and expertise you've shared with us, Beck. It's really amazing all of the, the progress you've made, and I really hope that it continues. What, what is next for you? Like, Where do you see yourself going in the next year or so? Next year, I want to make a million dollars. Well, that's simple. <laughs> 10x on my my income this year, which is uh, or just yeah, just under 10x. So that's that's going to be fun. Um, I want to expand my business out to have more staff, um, and I also want to do it. I want to stay not stay in one place, but continue to be based somewhere. It might be Thailand. It might be Vietnam. Um, but I want to have like a couple of full-time staff that actually work for me in person and get done, you know, like vlogs and I want to grow my personal brand so that I'm the, the love child of Gary Vaynerchuk and Tina Fey. (laughs) Is that how you see yourself? That's, uh, that's how I, that's what I'm working towards, man. That's, yeah, I think I need, I think I need to, um, up my game a little bit, but yeah, that's what I'm working towards. I want to do more video stuff for sure. You're well on your way, Beck, and uh, thank you for your time. It's been a lot of fun chatting with you. Really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Good to be here. Take care. Cool. Yeah, that was good. It was it was long, but it went by pretty fast. The conversation was never never dull. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, sometimes I get on rants, and I don't know. What, <laughs> I forget what I'm talking about, but I'm just like. <laughs> having a great time so you feel free to edit out anything that I went on and on about oh it's fine I just I just try to um, whenever you skipped over anything I tried to ask like the obvious question that was on my mind you know that the person might be asking like mm. <laughs> a couple of times there but uh, there was a lot of great information and um, you know if someone can't follow the steps that you've given them then I don't know if there's any hope for them, so it's pretty simple. <laughs> I know, it's so easy, but it's like one of those things. I really I really believe in just giving all the information away mm. because it's like people aren't going to do that on their own. Like so few people will take that information and do it, but they might go to my website and sign up and they might take a course, and then they're still very unlikely to do it, but even more, you know, some people will. I have, oh, I should have said right now on my challenge I've got um, I think eight people have made their first sales within the first five days. Mm-hmm. Super cool. I mean, there's 50 people in there, so I felt like it should probably be more. But I feel like at least 25 of them aren't using the information right now at all. They're, like, never in there. Part of it is, you know, it's just something that's so new to them, and they need to kind of just get some momentum going. Yeah. 
And the way I t try to explain it to people is like a, a rocket ship, you know, it's called escape velocity. And the rocket ship expends so much fuel, you know, 90% of its, uh, all, all this energy that's re required just to get it in that initial takeoff. And then once it's already in motion, then it becomes more effortless. And so a lot of it is just like getting through that escape velocity. And then once you develop this habit, then it kind of, it's easier to kind of just keep it going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's a good metaphor, simile, whatever. Yeah. Um, well, awesome, Beck, and thank you so much. I know it's uh, it's been a long chat. I'm gonna go have some lunch because I'm starving here. Yeah, me too. And I'll enjoy the, the food there in Bangkok. There's so much great food in Anud, especially too. It's all around you. Yeah, it's a good place. All right, dude. Thanks. Let's catch up again soon. All right. Thanks, Beck. Talk to you soon.